me to understand this. You two came here to question me? Well, your... Your attitudes, Mr. Endicott, your points of view are a matter of record. Some people, well, let us say the people who work for Mr. Colbert might reasonably regard you as the person least likely to mourn his passing. We were just trying to clarify some of the evidence. Was Mr. Colbert ever in this greenhouse, say, last night about midnight? Good evening. Today at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I wanted to take time to remember Sydney Poitier. There's so much that I could say, and I had to sit on this for a few hours. What to say? That song to Sir with Love immediately popped in my head. Performed by Lulu in the film. Sidney Poitier wasn't just a really great actor. He was a, a bright light. A message of hope. A new understanding of humanity within this thing we call film. He is along, I mean, he is in that pantheon with Brando, Bogart, Hepburn, Spencer Tracy. In fact, he did a movie. He did Spencer Tracy's last movie. Him and Catherine Hepburn did. Guess who's coming to dinner? That clip that I just played for you, that is a legendary clip. That is from... In the heat of the night. It was later turned into a TV series. But the film was so strong. So provocative. For that time. That it won the best picture Oscar at the Academy Awards. Rod Steiger won. For playing that cop. Who had a lot of prejudice. But. It was very lonely. And there is a beautiful scene in that where him and, and Sergeant Tibbs understand one another. And I'll play that in a bit. But Sidney Poitier, 94 years, a very long, long road, long life. You know, first Betty White. Betty White was 100. And then 
And Betty White. I had talked about this on this show where this, the TV wouldn't let her give more airtime to a black performer and she did anyway. Yeah. Sydney Poitier, I've said this before. It's not just about lilies of the field. It's not just about guess who's coming to dinner. Also the fact that he was a director. I grew up, I love Gene Wilder. I love Gene Wilder. I love Richard Pryor. And they did movies together and they were directed by Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier, Poitier, sorry, should have won more Oscars, to be honest with you, not just for Lilies of the Field. That, that, is, that is a moment. He himself said that. It inspired so many people. For him, it wasn't about the flashbulbs and, oh, I'm in a limo. It was about the fact that he encouraged and inspired generations of actors and directors and writers and performers. All because he won that Academy Award. That had never been done before. The last time that happened was had a McDaniel for playing Mammy and she was playing a stereotypical role and here is Sidney Poitier winning for playing a man who builds a chapel for some nuns and today we we must honor him here is the 1964 Academy Awards indebted to countless numbers of people, principally among whom are Ralph Nelson, James Poe, William Barrett, Martin Baum, and of course, the member of the Academy. For all of them, all I can say is a very special thank you. And 
That is the moment. And he won for this film where he he comes into contact with these German nuns. And in the same house remain eating and drinking such things as they give for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Now that's not exactly what I had in mind, but you get the idea. gentleman who just wants to build a chapel that's what he won the academy award for playing handyman homer smith in rural arizona roman catholic nuns who have immigrated from germany mother maria played by lila shakla and she's impressed with his kindness and work ethic and that's how it all unfolds before that though Sidney Poitier had come to Hollywood and I'm sure was not was not ready for the slings and arrows but he made it blackboard jungle where he's playing alongside Glenn Ford directed by Richard Brooks I don't want to catch any of smoking in here again you understand now get up come on you heard what I said get up guys privileged characters or something you only just got it chief you did huh i know just get out can a man wash his hands chief wash him and get out sure chief you gonna watch me 
you'd like to wash them for us. What's your name? You, I'm talking to you. Me? Yes, you. Emmanuel. Emmanuel what? Emmanuel Trades. Don't you know man? This boy got the school name now. Maybe you'd like to take a walk down to the principal's office right now with me. Is that what you want? You're holding all the cards, Chief. You want to take me to see Mr. Wannake? You do just that. Who's your home period teacher? You are, Chief. Well, why aren't you with the rest of the class? I already told you. Came in to wash up, Chief. I didn't wash up. Just cut out that Chief routine, you understand? Sure, Chief. That's what I've been doing. So in Blackboard Jungle, he plays a teenage misfit, and Glenn Ford is the teacher who's idealistic and goes in the inner city to fix things. There's a lot of problems with that. And... But in 1950, Sidney Poitier made his debut in No Way Out. In No Way Out, he plays a doctor, and Richard Whitmark said when he realizes he's a doctor, he's like a doctor, mainly because of the color of his skin. So early on, Sidney Poitier was fully aware of Hollywood and wanted to work his way in so he could get parts that dealt with the humanity of his performance such, such as in 1958's The Defiant Ones I still had to say thank you that word got like two sticking needles in me every time I said it that could happen with a word you know what I mean boy Yeah, and I got a needle sticking in me right now. Look, Joker, don't call me boy. Why, you're just too sensitive, man. I'm too nothing. That's right, you're too nothing. That's right. 
But I got a little advice for you, man, because I like you, man. You gotta take things as they are. You can't keep fighting them unless you want to be unhappy. I see you got a lot to learn, boy. Like you living in that fancy hotel. Yeah, like me living in that fancy hotel. You think they're gonna let me in that fancy hotel, too? Oh, sure, they're gonna let you in that hotel. Through the back door if you got a pail and a mop. And you through the front door just long enough to collect your tip. What's eating you? Just because I called you a name? Yeah. Well, that's what you are, ain't it? It's like calling a spade a spade. I'm a honky. I don't try to argue out of it. You can call me a bohunk. I don't mind. You ever hear tell of a bohunk and a wood pile joker? You ever hear tell of catch a bohunk by the toe? Depends on how you mean it. How'd you mean it? Like I said it, now don't cry me because I didn't make up no names. No, you breathe it in when you're born and you spit it out from then on. That ain't sure about you, darling. Well, that's the way it is. And you're stuck with it because I didn't make any rules. No, but you sure live by them. Everybody lives by them. Everybody's stuck with what is. Even them swamp animals. Even that weasel. You calling me a weasel? No, I'm calling you a white man. Woo! 1958's The Defiant Ones. <laughs> Members of a chain gang are transported through the South when their truck crashes. Two of the convicts, John Joker Jackson, Tony Curtis... And Noah, Cullen, Sidney Poitier, who are chained together, find an opportunity to escape. Jackson is white, Cullen is black. And at first, the men appear to be opposites in every way. But as they flee across the country, the two form a deep bond. Both Sidney Poitier and Tony Curtis received Academy Award nominations for best actor that was the first time that a black actor had ever received a lead nomination and of course four years later he would win the academy award Sidney Poitier acted with so many greats and I was so thrilled to one night stumble upon Edge of the City from 1957 where he starred alongside John Cassavetes. It's the story of two New York longshoremen, Axel Nords- Nordsman, an army des- deserter, and Tommy Tyler, an easygoing freight car loader whose growing friendship is threatened by Charles Malick, a notably repellent punk. This is um, a powerful film, and... Here we go. Make a choice. You know, I mean, there are the men, and then there are the lower forms. And a guy's got to make a choice. You go with the men, and you're 10 feet tall. You go with the lower forms, and you are down in the slime. Well, what happens if you don't want to go with anybody? Then you are alone, man, and that's the worst. But he's not all alone. There's the girl, Kathleen McGuire. She's not the type you'll find in the soap opera. Jack Warden is completely believable as the kind of guy who really is the lowest of the lower forms of life. Charlie, he's nothing. I mean, he can't hurt you. He can't hurt you. Like in my life, Charlie ain't that much. 
Well, that's the difference between us, T. Because in my life, it's all Charlie. Look, T, I'm in trouble. I can go to jail for 20 years. Edge of the City looks at real life and looks at it without batting an eye. To a script girl, a movie is usually just another job, but not Edge of the City. This one is different in its setting, its story, and its people. When you see it, I'm sure... And that's one of those old-time trailers. Sometimes that really helps to set the tone for what you're going to get. I want to speak for a moment about Sidney Poitier. And take pause. This is a moment. As I said, Sidney Poitier was not just a really great actor. He himself was a movement. He was one of the first. And Lena Horne and her daughter once said, it's very lonely out there to be the first. You know, Lena Horne was the first black actress ever signed to a long-term contract. Sidney Poitier was the first black actor ever to win a lead, not a supporting, a lead Oscar. It wasn't until 40 years later later someone joined Sydney and that was Denzel Washington but along the way there had been so many others it had been James Earl Jones um, I'm thinking of round midnight is it round midnight there, there, there have been so many and then in lead, you know, there was Dorothy Dandridge and there was Angela Bassett. The night that Denzel Washington won 40 years after Sydney had won, so did Halle Berry. Halle Berry became the first black actress to win Best Actress. Hasn't happened since. 20 years this year. Here, I mean... Right after Sydney was Sydney won, you know, he had been nominated for the Defiant Ones and he won for Lilies of the Field. James Earl Jones was nominated for The Great White Hope. You know, James Earl Jones uh, played uh, Jack Jefferson and later received an honorary Oscar for his contribution to film. And then in 1972, Paul Winfield, may he rest in peace, was nominated for playing Nathan Lee Morgan in Sounder along with Cicely Tyson. Dexter Gordon, Round Midnight, as Dale Turner. First jazz musician to be nominated for Best Actor. Morgan Freeman, who was nominated in 1989 for Driving Miss Daisy, as Hoke Colburn. Denzel Washington was nominated for Best Actor. He had won previously for Supporting in 1992. For Malcolm X playing the civil rights icon himself. And then Lawrence Fishburne in 1993 was nominated for playing Ike Turner. And what's love got to do with it along with Angela Bassett as Tina Turner. Morgan Freeman, the Shawshank Redemption. He should have won for that one. As Ellis Boyd Red Redding. Denzel Washington nominated again. 
Ruben Hurricane Carter in the Hurricane. And then he finally won that lead Oscar for Training Day as Alfonso Harris. Washington was the second African-American actor to receive the award for Best Actor. The first time two African-American performers won Oscars in the same year. Halle Berry for Monsters Ball. He is the first African-American actor to win multiple competitive Academy Awards. First and only African-American actor to win Academy Awards in both acting categories, lead, and supporting. Will Smith was nominated the same year for playing Muhammad Ali in Ali. And then Jamie Foxx won in, 19, in 2004 for playing Ray Charles in Ray. And so the, pan, you know, the, the torch has been passed many times after that. That same year, Don Cheadle was nominated for Hotel Rwanda. Terrence Howard nominated in 2005 for Hustle and Flow. I, I'm a big Terrence Howard fan. Forrest Whitaker. Again, the torch was passed as he played the last king of Scotland, Idi Amin. Will Smith was nominated that same year for The Pursuit of Happiness as Chris Gardner. 2009, Morgan Freeman, Invictus, where he played Nelson Mandela. And then Denzel Washington nominated again for Flight, playing William Whip Whitaker. Chiotel Ejiofor, nominated for 12 Years a Slave for Solomon Northrup. He was the first black British actor to be nominated for Best Actor. Denzel Washington, Roman J. uh, Israel Esquire. Denzel Washington has the most nominations for an African-American actor. Best Actor, six nominations. Best Supporting, two. First African-American actor to be nominated two years in a row. Daniel Kulua for Get Out as Chris Washington. He was the second uh, black British actor to be nominated for Best Actor. Chadwick Boseman. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Nominated and playing Levi Green. He was the first black actor to receive a posthumous Oscar nomination. That is Sidney Poitier's legacy. Black actors, Hispanic actors, Asian actors, gay, straight, trans, bi. Sidney Poitier really redefined Hollywood for the better. I didn't want to just play clips, but I wanted to talk about just the man. He was born February 20th, 1927 in Miami, Florida. He was, his family was from the Bahamas. Died yesterday at the age of 94. He leaves behind a very big family. A wife, daughters, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. In 1999, he ranked 22nd among the male actors on the 100 Years 100 Stars list. He should have been higher. By the American Film Institute, he won a Grammy Award for the Best Spoken Word Album. In 1982, he received the Golden Globe Cecil B. DeMille Award. And in 2000, he received the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. And in 2002, he was given the Honorary Academy Award and a recognition of remarkable accomplishments as an artist and a human being. That was the same year that 
Denzel Washington and Halle Berry won. He was in A Raisin in the Sun, along with Louis Gossett Jr. And Ruby D. Ruby D. And Ruby, when I think of Ruby D., I think of her and her husband. What a what a beautiful marriage right there. Not perfect. But she was married to Ossie Davis until his death. They were Hollywood royalty. Ossie Davis and Ruby D. And they were, you know, it was a very small community. Now the film community, it's so diverse. But there is still a lot of walls. The 1960s, that... The 1960s, I wasn't there. That was a watershed period. It truly was. Lena Horne and many uh, notable black performers have talked about that. But it was... It was Sidney Poitier's decade. He's been, he was criticized for playing an idealized African American character. There's even that moment in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner where Isabel Sanford, who would later on play Wheezy in the Jeffersons, she comes at him. She's like, You're not even cute. What are you trying to do to this family? Because, in a way, she wants that family to maintain the status quo. Or maybe because she's so close to the daughter, she doesn't want her to get hurt. She, didn't, she doesn't realize that the, the girl that she's protecting has to make her own decisions of who she loves. Sidney Poitier was part of the civil rights movement. He was also a diplomat. From 1995 to 2003, Poitier served as a member of the board of directors of the Walt Disney Company. In 1997, Poitier was appointed ambassador from the Bahamas to Japan, a position he held until 2007. Hmm. His legacy is... It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is... It took him a long time to get there. He broke barriers. He broke down walls. He, he carved out this... It's so inspiring what he accomplished. And he didn't do it alone. And he always, he always wanted to bring that to light. That it really took a village to get him where he was. I am what I want to do though is also talk about his work with 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday is this month. We always honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I think many of you are jaded about that. Oh, we get a day off. That's not what it's about. It really isn't. He was he was called Martin Luther King Jr. of Films. I'm sure he didn't like that title. That's a heavy title. Because then it's like, oh, he's perfect. There's no flaws. In 1965, Sidney Poitier, along with Elizabeth Hartman and Shelley Winters, appeared in A Patch of Blue. A blind woman who falls in love with a black man. Ice cream section. Strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, and all sorts of fruit flavors. Hey, do they have pineapple? Pineapple? Pineapple. Pineapple sherbet. You want that? I guess so. It's not easy to choose. One pineapple sherbet. Kind of greedy. And one vanilla for the experience. Now, what's next? Eggs, bread, milk. That's over here. Hey, hop on. Continuing along aisle three on your right, exotic fruits of the earth. Pears, pineapples, peaches, apricot plums, mango lychee, Libby's Wonderland. And on your left, spices from the Orient. Aisle five, candy cookies, cereal pickles. Aisle six, prepared foods, canned soups, and vegetable cereal, baking goods. Forgot him out of detergent. Now, this is where I really need your help. Hmm? There's swish. Keeps your hands soft as velvet. Good. Whiz. Retains your girlish skin. Marvelous. Jiffy. Jiffy makes you feel like a princess. Oh, beautiful. Froth. Froth. I never heard that one. That one's just for washing dishes, but that's the one we need. Off you get. No room for passengers now. Oh, this sure is fun. And the way Roseanne always gripes about marketing. You know what this is? Mado. Don't buy this one. It's too soft. Thanks, kid. Go get me some oranges. Me? Yeah. Straight ahead. How many? A dozen. I play that clip because there's there's such a beautiful whimsical nature to this young blind woman Selena D'Arcy played by Elizabeth Hartman who comes from this very turbulent family and meets Gordon Ralphie played by Sidney Poitier and they fall for one another it is so powerful and She's never experienced that kind of love before. 
So she's having the time of her life with him. And these films in the 1960s, they did a lot. They did a lot for... Uh, you know, Edward James almost said something really profound about Sidney Poitier when they were doing the AFI's 100 Years, 100 Stars. And Edward James almost was like, he brings a depth of understanding of what it means to be a person of color in America and in the world. And that is so true. And in 1967, this was the same year as Love versus Loving, or Love versus, uh, Loving versus the State of, was it North Carolina or South Carolina? Interracial couples getting married. In fact, was it Margaret Loving and her husband? It was illegal for them to get married, and they took it all the way to the Supreme Court, and they were able to get married and have their family and they both tragically died and it was made into a film beautiful film we'll talk about that at some point but tonight is all about Sidney Poitier and the film that really cemented this moment for all couples all interracial couples but all couples in general gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Korean. He doesn't have any tensions in him. He knows what he believes and what he thinks is right and why and and where he's going. <laughs> oh, Mom, there's, there's one thing I must tell you. He, uh, he was married before and, and he had a, a son and it was so tragic. Both his wife and his son were killed in a train accident in Belgium eight years ago. And John, I haven't even told you his name. <laughs> Mom, it, it's John Wade Prentice. Isn't that a lovely name? John Wade. Joanna Prentice, I'll be. But Mom, Mom, uh, there's something else uh, that I must tell you that John's been concerned about, very deeply concerned. He's been worrying for the past week whether you and Dad would be upset if... <clears throat> well, it's about time. I was wondering where you'd been. Mom, this is John. Dr. Prentice, I'm so pleased to meet you. I'm pleased to meet you, Mrs. Drayton. I take it Joanna's already busted out with the big news. Well, she has um, t told me a good deal, and all very quickly, too. Well, she's only known me for ten days, so she can't tell you when I'm blushing. <laughs> that could be another problem for us, <laughs> you know. Mrs. Drayton, I'm medically qualified, so I hope you wouldn't think it presumptuous if I say you ought to sit down before you fall down, I mean. He thinks you're gonna faint because he's a Negro. Well, I don't think I'm going to faint. <clears throat> but I'll sit down anyway. That is such a powerful film. Katherine Hepburn ended up winning for Best Actress. It was her 
Second, she hadn't won an Academy Award at that point since 1933 for Morning Glory. It was the longest period in between wins. Even even Meryl Streep didn't break that uh, record. Uh, and then there's the beautiful speech with um, Spencer Tracy, who died soon after the film's completion, directed by Stanley Kramer. Stanley Kramer loved working with Sidney Poitier. And then in that, that you know, 1967 was Sydney's year. You have Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and then you have one of my personal favorites, To Sir with Love. All the responsibilities that implies. So from now on, you will be treated as such by me and by each other. As adults, responsible adults. Next, we are going to be reasonable with each other. We are just going to talk, you and I. You are going to listen without interruption. And when I am finished, one of you may have your say without interruptions. Next. Well, now you've got the morning iron. Everything's gone wrong. First of all, the bleeding alarm didn't go. Then I had to wait hours for a bath. But you know, I think I must have stood there for about three bleeding hours waiting for a bath. There are two ways to enter a room. One is like an adult, a lady with dignity. The other is like a brat. Miss Dare has just shown us the second way. Perhaps you would care to demonstrate the first. in this classroom. You will call me Sir or Mr. Thackeray. The young ladies will be addressed as Miss, the boys by their surnames. And so to Sir with Love, you know, there's actually a sequel to it that was done decades later. It was okay. But the first film, this film, it, it's so beautiful. And then that song, which will probably turn me into a bawling mess. Lulu, Lulu, Lulu's so great, and she's in the film, and she plays one of the students that they are giving him a hard time. I know, because I used to be in education, but that's not why I like that film. I like the film because that performance—it's—it's—it's it's, it's such a different performance from Sidney Poitier. It really is. And then the song, of course the song. It's funny as you have the song in To Sir With Love and then In the Heat of the Night, these themes that really represent these great performances. I had to pace myself because I didn't want to cry. And and some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, you didn't know him. And that's not what it's about. What it's about is this is bigger than all of us. And Sidney Portier was aware of that as an actor, as the first, being the first. He went on to direct films. 
he he did some really funny films. And one of them that I I loved Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor and they did Stir Crazy in 1980. Now, Stir Crazy has an interesting story. Yes. When you you put Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder together, you get peanut butter and jelly in such a great way, humor-wise. Directed by Sidney Poitier, starring Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Released in 1980. Mm. The film was a box office success, setting a record opening week for Columbia Pictures. It was the highest grossing film of 1980 behind The Empire Strikes Back in 9 to 5. Yeah. And Sidney Poitier was the first African American director. To direct a film that grossed over a hundred million dollars. That's a testament to Sid- Sydney. I could play clips from everything that he did, but we don't have that kind of time. We began with In the Heat of the Night, and we're gonna end within the heat of the night because that is the film in fact when he received his honorary Oscar in 2002 that's the theme he walked out to as a as a movie person myself I studied acting mm. 
and I wanted I mean there were different moments that I wanted to play but and yes Rod Steiger won the Oscar for In the Heat of the Night Sydney wasn't even nominated isn't that some shit he put out three films. You know, back in the early days of the Oscars, he could be nominated in the same year for all three films. If they'd made the exception, hey, he's good into Sir With Love. He's good in Guess He's Coming to Dinner and In the Heat of the Night. <laughs> you know, you know, Virgil, you are among the chosen few. Well, I think that you're the first human being that's ever been in here. Okay. You can't be too careful, man. <laughs> you know a lot of things, don't you? Well, just what do you know about insomnia? Urban can't kill it. <laughs> well, that's for sure. Mm. Now look, I got no wife, I got no kids. Boy, I got a town that don't want me. Oh, and I got an air conditioner that I have to wear myself desk with a busted leg, and on top of that, I got this, uh, place. Don't you think that driver man to take a few drinks? I'll tell you a secret. Nobody comes here. I wanted to play that moment 
Because when they did the American Film Institute, Rod Steiger talked about that moment and how they understood one another beyond their differences. Tonight, we honor Sidney Poitier. Sidney leaves a legacy. A legacy of children, family, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and a legacy of seeds that were sent out into the ether. Actors, renaissance, musicians, directors, Antoine Fuqua, who's a director who loves Sidney Poitier. Denzel Washington, who directed Fences. (coughs) But I want to play something from the AFI Lifetime Achievement Award. Something so profound that Mr. Morgan Freeman, I love Morgan Freeman. Yes, Denzel Washington, you know, in terms of an Oscar, he passed the torch. Sydney passed the torch over to Denzel. But for me, Morgan Freeman is... Morgan Freeman, for me, is the heir apparent. He's got that voice, just like Sidney Poitier. And this is, this is what he had to say about Sidney. Mr. Morgan Freeman. When I knew I was coming here, I sat down and wrote all this on paper. But I can't stand here and read from a paper and talk to you. Every man has his own heaven. For me, heaven has always been being in the movies. And always in my heaven, since I first started thinking about it, I've had one bright light, Sidney Poitier. I do thank you. I played that because it's all about legacy. That's Sidney Poitier's legacy. Samuel L. Jackson, Morgan Freeman, Lawrence Fishburne, Denzel Washington, Forrest Whitaker, Jamie Foxx, Louis Louis Cossett Jr. If I'm leaving people out, please kick me. Um... Will Smith. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, such a great actor. Denzel Washington, who played... I mean, Denzel Washington... He's not Sidney Poitier. He is Denzel Washington. And that's beautiful. And that's the same with Morgan Freeman. But for me, Morgan Freeman saying that, that his idea of heaven was created... Movies by Sidney Poitier. That he was able to foresee this future. I mean, we all love Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is the voice of God. He is in films. He's always the voice of reason. He plays these men who stand, stand upon us. Red. 
in uh, Shawshank. I, Shawshank Redemption for me is probably one of the greatest films ever done because of his performance along with Tim Robbins. And so that's why I played that. So Sidney Poitier, you can rest now, my friend. Thank you for your influence, for your patriotism. This Renaissance, you were a Renaissance man. You, you wrote a book called The Measure of a Man. And tonight we honor you to sir with love. Thank you, Sidney Poitier, for this life that you have given so many for your life and for this legacy that we will all continue to be inspired by. And that's it for the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast tonight. This is this was tough to do because I thought, how how do I honor Sidney Poitier? I can't have him on the show. But I can honor him talking about what he loved doing on screen. Giving us giving life to these characters. These humanistic characters. Good night.